By the time Marcus and Terrell were seven and four years old, they were very afraid of Robert. Their mother's pattern of escaping his wrath became a routine part of their young lives. When we escaped in the middle of the night, Marcus knew to be quiet. Whenever I went into his room and woke him up at two o'clock in the morning, as a seven-year-old, he knew he needed to be quiet. He would put on his shoes without question. He knew that he was going to walk next to me, she says, and we would walk into his brother's room, and his brother was only four, and I would pick my young son up, and at the time, I was 500 pounds, so here we were, trying to escape in the middle of the night. Amy starts to cry, thinking about what she was asking of her little boys. Marcus would put on his shoes, and he would grab his jacket without making a sound so we could go wake Terrell. Even at four years old, Terrell would wake up and not cry. He would just grab his shoes, knowing we were trying to escape that night. Amy had mapped out the quietest escape route before she ever needed to use it. The house we were in, the floors would creak, and because I was so heavy, she explains, I would actually, when Robert was gone, get out of bed, and I would walk on the floor to find out where the boards creaked so I could make an escape route where he wouldn't hear me. I knew the third and seventh step I couldn't step on because I was too heavy and that the floor would creak and I would be too scared that he would wake up. Amy's plan extended beyond the floorboards and out onto the street where her truck was parked. I knew how to pop a clutch without actually turning on the vehicle to get it started once I rolled down the hill so he wouldn't hear us. In early 2004, following a series of numbing episodes of abuse, Amy woke up on a Sunday morning with an intense need to go to church. I didn't even believe in God at that point because if there was a God, I would not be going through what I'd been going through. But there was just an overwhelming feeling, I can't even explain it, that I needed to go to church, she says. I didn't even know what church I would go to because I hadn't been to church in years. Amy left the bed and went into the bathroom. When she began to shower, Robert woke up and asked her where she was going. She told him to church. So, of course, there was this extreme jealousy like I was going to see someone. The next thing I remember is him pulling me out of the shower and beating me. She starts to cry, recalling how her youngest found her lying on the bathroom floor. I woke up to my four-year-old son waking me up, scrubbing my face with a drenched bath mat, saying, Mama, wake up. I want to make you look beautiful again. Amy never made it to church, but she did make up her mind. I was like, that's it. I cannot be here anymore. When Robert left the house, Amy packed up as much as she could into her truck and, with her parents' support, hit the road. She and the boys moved in with girlfriends who lived in Madison, Wisconsin. Before long, she found a townhouse and created a more peaceful setting for herself and her sons. Three months later, the doorbell rang at midnight. And I opened the door and he was standing there, she says. The sense of fear and urgency, I can't even explain the feeling. He was crying and begging, I'm sorry, I came to find you, I can't live without you, and all the things abusers do to get you back. They feed on your insecurities and all the things that they've been priming you for during the years that you've been in this ridiculous relationship. Amy desperately wanted to believe Dr. Jekyll, 
standing on her doorstep. The person that comes back to you, and this is with every abusive relationship, and begs for your forgiveness and begs for you to come back to them, is the person you fell in love with. It's this kind of person who is smart and gorgeous and affectionate, and he is standing on the opposite side of the doorway. Robert told Amy he'd enrolled in anger management classes, then that he loved her. But Amy squared up to Robert and beat back the kernel of hope she felt forming in her heart. I was like, screw off, I'm not taking you back. Robert did not give up. Every weekend, he drove the four hours from Minnesota to Wisconsin to see her. He showed her the certificate he got from attending anger management classes. He reminded Amy of his difficult childhood. Raised.